The internet is an ocean that we invent as we explore it. In the murky darkness of virtual places, there could be dragons, shagoths, leviathans. Certainly I have heard voices on the web who say we will discover or build a god when we reach the cyber ocean floor. People claim to remember past lives, I claim to remember a different, a very different present life. The psychotic drones, where the mystic swims, they're drowning. Welcome back to the Astro Flight Podcast, where we navigate the digital world through art and culture. Today, I'm joined by someone who I think has one of the greatest Twitter personas there is. You know him as Kofefe Anan. Am I saying that right, sir? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was it was sort of made as a the name was made as a pun on the uh, former Secretary General of the United Nations and Nobel Prize winner Kofi Annan. So yeah. Kofi, Kofefe, yeah. and, and uh, you know, combined with obviously the Trump, the famous Trump tweet. That's why it's one of my favorites because the double entendre works so well because I saw the Kofefe Anon and I was like, oh, he's an Anon who's, you know, signaling a tr- he's a Trump fan. But then in your bio, I saw, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of the Kofi Anon thing. But um, the other thing in your bio says that the commentary you provide is from an NRX perspective. Now, um, that combined with some conversations that me and you've had on the timeline uh, made me really want to get you on the show because you have a lot of really good ideas and really good perspectives. And I think you actually coined, correct me if I'm wrong, you coined one of my favorite phrases that, that that's such, it's such a pithy catchphrase that encapsulates our current moment and the current predicament we're in, which is that the woke are more correct than the mainstream. Uh, I had thought that I had just kind of heard this idea around and that it was like in the air. But as time went by, it looked to me like you were the originator of this phrase. Is that true? Yeah, I, I oh. originated, as far as I know, I originated the phrase. Now, I mean, the concept- Of is, course. Yeah, I mean, the concept is out there, but you know, I, I, I gave it the name. And it's funny because in, in doing the prep for our show, I sort of try to come up with a list and think of think through all the ways that this is true because you you have a whole bunch of them. I mean, I've been keeping a list over time since I since I uh, I coined the phrase and I have them. And and then I was thinking, how do these classify? Like, because they it mean they mean different things. And if you want to jump into this topic first, or do you want to drop into the NRX commentary topic first, we can we can go either way. But yeah. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Oh, sorry, a little technical difficulty that we are not. Uh, it's usually uh, demons in the pa- electronic pathways trying to block us. Um, that happens. Yeah, and sometimes they're not even, they're just mischievous by nature. They're not even doing it on purpose. But uh, I, it, yeah, exactly. Um, gnawing on the cables. No, I wanted to say that I think it would be great to start here. And then I think it would probably naturally segue into NRX. I have a few things to say about that in prep, but um, yeah, let's let's play this out first because as I was saying, I I get the concept and like it was I probably followed you for two years and started really scrolling backwards on your TL before I'm like See, you're you're an old head on me because I I know you know like I I I noted like my my growth of growth of my account is I was at I was at ten I was at I started in 2017 and. 
It took me until November of 2021 to reach 10K. And then I reached 20K in March of this year or, or, or April, maybe, maybe April of this year. Yeah. So almost all my growth has been in the last recently, basically. So, you know, if you're an old head, great. You know, good on you. Yeah, I think we're mutuals going way back as far as I know. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I, I love the guys who I followed when they had like sometimes triple digits, less than a thousand. Or I think I think I remember finding you when you had like 4,000. I don't know why I remember little details like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, the point is I did a little bit of timeline sleuthing and I realized you were the guy. So I was like, well, I got to get him on my show. Anyway, I'm repeating myself. Please uh, go ahead. Okay, so I got my, I got my, I got my list, and then I got my uh, sort of the things that I kind of abstracted out of the list, right? And the first one and the biggest one is the the one where the woke point out that some old rule is just bad because it was, you know, it it, it advantages white people or it sets up a society for white people or it disadvantages and oppresses women, and honestly, almost always they're right. In, 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 the, in the most straightforward sense. White people build a certain type of society and, 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 we, and the rules set up in white societies and European societies are going to be the rules that are most comfortable for white people. That's just the, that's just the fact, that's just how it works. That's the rules in everyone's society are going to be set up so that that's the type of environment that the people in that environment are most comfortable with. So they're correct and then they attack something and they say well it's harder for other groups to follow these rules and the conservatives say well anyone can follow them but you know really yeah they're right it is harder for other groups to follow them. that's just how it is if you want to live in the if you like the outcome of the society that is that follows these rules then yeah you have to follow those rules there's no magic that you can't get them you can't get the society without having without having the societal rules that cause it and the people right so why don't you give us you sent me an example and oh i have, uh, I have a whole list of examples and, and i didn't do the hard work of correlating the examples with the with the rules so i i just did the i just did the hard work of, of coming up with the generalized rules so i'll go through the rules briefly and then i'll run through the and then i'll run through the examples if perfect perfect okay no so that's why you're here one, man <laughs> So the second, I mean, it would have been a slightly, it would have been a slightly better presentation if I, if I, if I correlated them together, but I, I didn't do that. So, well, the, the reason, is, if I may, real quick, the reason yeah. why this works so well, though, is because everyone understands it on an intuitive level. You're giving, uh, this is what Lomas was saying about memes: how how memes don't create the thought; they give voice to the thought, and everybody can focus on that. So, like, don't worry about it because people get this on an intuitive level. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 sort of like <laughs> it's funny. I, I've decided that like my intellectual output in, in, in life is trying to verbalize what we know. <laughs> that's it. That's that's basically all I'm doing at this point. So the second one is the the woke point out that some new rule is bad, which is the sort of the same as the above, but this is when the conservatives um, adapted or or healed over a rule and there's a new rule. And then they're saying that the new rule is bad because it's just an excuse to basically go back to the old rule. And oftentimes conservatives aren't even aware that this is the case, but it is. 
And the classic example is, you know, and this is this is uh, this I have as the example of something in my NRX section of the talk. But uh, the classic example is um, progressives always talk about, oh, nonviolent drug offenders are in prison for X, Y, you know, X percentage of the time. And conservatives say, well, you know, they're they shouldn't violate law or whatever. And then the NRX people, the, you know, the, the real right say, you know, on all the real right, not just the NRX people say, yeah, well, for the most part, that is an excuse to put lawbreakers in prison because there's no other way to, because there's, you know, snitches get stitches and there's no other way to enforce the law. So the, the left smells out the trick because the left wants the results that, that the conservatives hate or that the right, and that everyone really doesn't like. Um, so they smell out the trick to, to get the result back and then they just make the trick against their rules. So they say, so they'll, they'll again make the attack. This rule is racist. This rule is a way to go back in time and to undo our new rule. And yeah, it is. It is a way to undo undo their new thing, right? Yeah, um, um, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I had, an, I had the next one, but yeah, let's talk about that. Oh yeah, no, before we get to the next one real quick, I want to point out that oftentimes, and sometimes the people that you quote tweet and you say the, the woke is more correct in the mainstream, I think sometimes these people are just saying the quiet part out loud. And other times they totally stumble into this and they don't realize they don't see it like that. And I just remember one time a, uh, a, uh, uh, I was talking to a police or a state trooper's wife. I don't know how this conversation came up, but she was saying how they were both disappointed that marijuana was being legalized in New York state. And I was like, well, why? I mean, that will, that will, uh, that will totally like reduce the amount of like bullshit crime and the bullshit, you know, bullshit encounters with police. And she's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. They always use weed as an excuse to, to, to search people to find other, other drugs. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, the left says that all the time. And we, I don't want to say we deny it, but um, it, it's sort of like cut right to the heart, cut right to the chase of it, of it all. And the non-violent drug offenders being put in prison isn't always, you know, they tell us it's just for weed, but it's usually actually because they have a whole bunch of priors, right? They have yeah. a whole bunch of priors that, that they're like, they skipped bail on or they haven't reported to their probation officer. Or they violated their probation. And then this is how they catch them. Right. Well, it's, it's, you know, the question is, it's, it's, what is your model of people? If your model of people is that cops are comically evil, you know, they're, 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 they're mustache twirling villains from Saturday morning cartoons who just want to lock up, you know, want to lock up black people at random, then you can believe that. But if you believe that there are people who, at the very least, they're lazy and don't want to make more work for themselves, and they kind of, you know, they kind of believe in the law and they kind of believe that criminals should be off the streets, then they're obviously going to look to use the tools that they have to try to do that job as best they can. And, and, and giving them the, this tool means that they technically misuse it and the progressives are right that they misuse it, but really they're misusing it in the service of using it correctly because it's impossible to do the job that we've sort of set out that they're supposed to do. It's impossible exactly. to get criminals off the street for violent crime because snitches get stitches. You know, as as Steve Saylor said, you can't intimidate a police chemist. You know, like well, I mean, maybe now you can, but you know, in the in the recent past, you couldn't intimidate a police chemist. And if he says it's if he says it's crack, it's crack. 
That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. All right, let's move on to the next one because I, I want to give the examples too, you know, at the end. Oh, yeah. Because no, I know you have some good ones. Good. That's that's yeah, the real yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh okay. So again, the next one is the woke creed, a substitute rule for the really old rule where the mainstream conservatives only defend the post-1950s version of the rule. Now, this one is a little a little convoluted, but I think this one I'll give an example because I don't think you can make it clear without an example. And this one is like the classic example is like women and men and dating and drinking and sex. And you know, the woke say. The woke say that like, well, you know, if both if both men and women are drinking, then women can't consent and it's rape. You know, it's 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 you know, or it's or sorry, they never use the word rape anywhere. It's sexual assault because that way they get to play Mott and Bailey with sexual assault versus rape and think of one when you well, whatever. So that is, and then the conservatives try to say, well, no, it's consent is important, and the conservatives are the ones defending the intermediate version of the progressive rule of the thing that they came up with to make it somewhat work after they threw out the old rule, which was you chaperone men and women and you don't let sexual anarchy occur, which is what our society does because sexual anarchy leads to all kinds of negative consequences for men, for women, for the ability to form pair bonds, that kind of thing. So that's that's the third example. So the woke will say something like, the woke will actually hearken back to the old rule of you know, like like in the in the in the recent abortion thing, they'll talk about well, men should have to, and, and I, I still have an issue with this, which we can talk about. But men should take responsibility for their kids, and it's like, and then people point out, well, you've just reinvented marriage, you know, and it's not actually that they've reinvented marriage because there's a big difference. But that's but the point is, the conservatives will defend the intermediate rule, and the progressives will go back to sort of the true rule, um, but interpreted in the progressive frame, and so that's 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 the the third case of why the woke can be more correct than the mainstream it's so funny it's like a horseshoe politics like these people are just so oblivious sometimes all right what's the oh, next yeah. one okay the next one is the one man's modus ponens is another man's modus tollens which is very a very which is a like a philosophical saying that somebody coined and it's it's the very the simple version is yeah, modus ponens is if a then or or the, the the setup is if a then b and that means you can either conclude b or you can conclude not a and the example is if if this is true then something and then a lot of the times and this one i have I, this one i this one i do have an example for it's it's max boot says for democracy for democracy to survive we need more content moderation not less well, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, for for democracy to survive, you do need more content moderation and you need to eventually crack down completely on speech. So maybe that should give you the idea that democracy shouldn't survive rather than, you know, if you if you put democracy versus the ability to express yourself or the ability to have have thoughts that, that are your own, if you put those two on a scale, then maybe you realize that democracy isn't really the most important one, which, you know, I mean, again, from an NRX perspective. But yeah, yeah that's, well, that's I, the, I, I can't wait to get to that because I just made the argument elsewhere that uh, that democracy at this point is is holding us back and it really needs to be jettisoned. But we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. And then, and then number five is, is just a special case of the celebration parallax. And the celebration parallax is this fantastic coinage by um, Michael Anton, where he talks about, 
it's it, where where progressives are simultaneously say it's great that that something is happening, and also you're a conspiracy theorist if you believe that that thing is happening. But this is a special case of the celebration parallax, which I I don't think anyone else has really articulated. But it's part of their belief in the thing that's happening is that because they don't have they don't have beliefs. The, okay, so this is this is my own thing about progressives. I don't think they really have beliefs the way normal people have beliefs. They have beliefs and the belief in a thing includes the emotional balance. This thing is happening and this thing is good are not two separate thoughts in their brain. It's one separate thought, this good thing is happening, right? And if you say this thing that you think is happening is bad, then you're saying something that they think isn't happening is happening. And this is very vague, but you're saying, if you think the great replacement is bad, then you don't believe correctly in, in, the, in the multicultural future. You don't believe in the thing they believe in. They believe that it's good that we're becoming more diverse. They have no sort of like mental connection between the two things. And there's, there's a few weird cases of them being more correct when they assert something and then the mainstream conservative, the mainstream of the conservatives deny that it's happening and the progressives are correct. And I, I wish I had an example on this, but I think I have exa an example of this in the uh, oh no no here I do have an example of this one actually I looked at my I looked at my folder and it, it's there okay so the on June twenty fifth here this is a, a a quote this is a tweet from the Department of State from the State Department the United States United States government organization which Twitter puts on the on the tweet on June twenty fifth the department flew the progress flag for the first time over Washington D C headquarters. The United States is firmly committed to fighting for LGBTQI plus people at home and everywhere. Hashtag Pride Month. And at the same time, Jason Stanley, the Jacob Yurowski Professor of Philosophy at Yale University, as he will repeat every single time, he also says that global democracy, trans rights are vitally important for global democracy. And this is actually, you know, you can deny it, but this is the reality is that the global American empire claims sovereignty over the entire world in the name of fighting for the trans people and for the, for the LGBTQI plus. So anywhere where there's an LGBTQI plus, the State Department claims that it, it should be able to rule that place in the name of those people. And they're right, that's what they claim and that's what they, that's what they enforce, even if like, the mainstream conservatives think, oh no, we fight for our country, we fight for the American flag, which they think is the thing with the blue field and the stars in it instead of the, and the red stripes and the white stripes, instead of thinking that the, the rainbow thing, that's actually the American flag, or the BLM banner that says Black Lives Matter on a black background, that, that's the American flag also. Yeah, th this is crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, Jason Stanley, I, I don't like yeah. to call people out by name and start making fun of them but i have to do it sometimes he 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 is what i mean about being like totally oblivious like the guy has like long tweet thread meltdowns on the timeline and he he just says things like that that are like i i don't even know like i i think i i think i put in the comments of that tweet something to the effect of like uh, oh now i get it this is a parody account like it seems like one of our guys like an anon made up a fake person with a fake avatar and started tweeting things like that to mock the progressives yeah like there's the total self-parodies right but the thing is he phrases it in a way where he's like he thinks it's good but 
it's the exact same thing that you would get out of like 4chan you know they would say like we fight you know like like who said it we fight in the globe to you know we fight to impose you know trans kids everywhere on the globe and to make sure that you know like like the gays can be free and you know who said where there's a oh wait hold on i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna mute for one second because i need to like do some computer stuff to find this or i'll I'll find a quote there is the or brett all right i'll I'll just i'll wing it because i have a a good memory of it is brett stevens i believe new york times neocon guy um talked about how he he has a vision of the future where there will be a wait hold on now now i'm actually close to finding the quote Uh, Yeah, here we go. Who would seriously deny that America's regime change wars were pointless and excessive, bankrupt in conception, and not just in execution? And who could deny the parallel erosion of domestic domestic hearth, the domestic hearth during the same years? Who that is but a young opinion journalist with a mind self-marinated in the goopy abstractions of interventionalism, nurtured by men like Brett Stevens, and this is a quote from Brett Stevens, who on the day he hired me at the journal, told me that his ideal vision of freedom was the 82nd Airborne escorting a pride parade through the streets of Tehran. I mean, <laughs> when, when, when did he make that? That this was somebody I, you know, I, I have, I saved this as a little clip as in my, in my folder of things to say. Yeah. So I'm not sure who said that, but it's someone, it's, it's hearsay of someone reporting what Brett Stevens had gotcha. said. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But the thing is, it's it's you know. So who said that? Is that is that a four chan person making fun of the GAE, the Global American Empire, or is that someone who actually strongly believes in it and had as an op-ed writer for the New York Times? Well, it's so hard to parody these people because the most uh, uh, ridiculous and absurd parodies we can make of their stances is what they actually believe. So yeah. I think the libs of TikTok thing is the perfect exemplar of, of this, of what we're talking about, because literally all that account does is sh- like sh- basically it's, it's like the equivalent of retweeting their videos, yeah. but yeah. her intention is to mock them. And the yeah. intention of the viewers is to laugh at them or to say, you know, you know, this is horrible and it's ruining our country. And they know the liberals know that. I mean, if anything shows the emperor wears no clothes and everyone knows that the emperor wears no clothes, it's what happened to the lips of TikTok. It's like yeah. the distillation of everything we're talking about here. I just wanted to throw a uh, real quick in here. It's perfect that you read that Brett Stevens quote, because what I have written down in my notes while you're talking to, uh, to sort of like tie this whole thing to like the broader, you know, last 25 years, because I do think the last 25 years uh, we've gone off the rails and I do think there's something changed and there's something unique about the last 25 years. More on that when we talk about NRX, but go back to 2003, right? It's, you could be saying the exact same things if you were criticizing the invasion of Afghanistan or Iraq, except you would have to remove the LGBTQ and put in the word women. We were going to Iraq and Afghanistan to liberate the women back then. Uh, But now we're doing it to liberate the LGBTQ. And part of the reason why is because that's the new current thing in America right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it's well. I mean, if you remember, do you remember the? If you're old enough, you remember the uh, the democracy whiskey sexy. Do you remember that? uh, That there was a like an Iraqi guy who was asked when like you know like some army unit went 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 past there, and and the Iraqi guy says, "Why are the Americans here? They're here to bring democracy whiskey sexy." And like you know, (laughs) I am old enough, but I don't remember that. 
Yeah, it's, it's, you know, so it sort of became like, like, like the motto for the war and that like, that like sort of a, that strain of libertarian kind of thing of, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna dissolve your culture, but that's good because your culture is the reason why your area produces terrorists. And <laughs> when you realize it, it's, it's, that's actually an exact mirror of the Iranians calling the Americans the great Satan. You know, because the Americans are the great Satan, because if you ask them, they'll be saying, because they want to dissolve your culture and bring democracy whiskey sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it leads to chaos. And it's the same exact thing. Those two statements are the same statement, but looked at in a mirror. One is one is viewing it as good. The other is viewing it as bad, but they don't disagree. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do you have any other uh, any other? Uh... Oh, no, those are those are those are the those are the rules that I've been able to distill. And okay. I guess those are good. Maybe I'll distill some more rules, but I, now I just have my examples. And, All right. And let's some go. Some of these are some of these are quick hitters, but the first one is the first one is some of them are broad, some of them are specific to tweets. And here, okay. So here we begin. Uh, marriage really is coercive against women. It limits their options, but it's the only way you can get human reproduction. This is my port part, but it's the only way you can get human reproduction. Um, okay, so that's that's one, two, uh, and this is something where where like they talk about this is when uh, this is an, an intra progressive fight they bring this up when they talk about how white women benefit from the white male patriarchy, which protects them from crime and disorder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. That's the reason. Yes, that's why it's there. Yeah, that's why it's there. <laughs> um, uh, here's a, just a, you know, and it's, it's sort of nut picking as the, uh, as the term, I don't know if you've heard this term, it's an interesting one is, is uh, it means that you pick out like the least, the, the least same things that someone on the other side says, and then you use that as an example. But, you know, I mean, Louise Mensch said it, she had a tweet about how Ukraine is revenge for the yellow vests and Brexit and Russian election interference and COVID misinformation and Afghanistan. And, She's completely right in the sense that the Americans shipping billions of dollars of weapons to Ukraine is basically entirely motivated by internal American politics, where it's the, the left is going increasingly unhinged and angry at, about things. And now their 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 program in Ukraine is is about the is it looks like is I don't know. It's 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 the middle of June right now, and I'm not a military expert, but it looks like Russia is going to win that. So yeah, that's the sort of a range from them. Right, here's a fun one: libraries as a yes. place to read is a white idea. It was this black librarian who has this who has she invites kids in and they dance and they play music and they twerk and you know they do all sorts of stuff. And but she says you know but people complain. But libraries as a place to read is a white idea. Yeah, she's one hundred percent correct. Libraries as a place to read is a white idea, period. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I love that one. I I recently tweeted something about uh, how it, it really their taking over of the institutions has nothing to do with trying to appropriate those institutions. It has to do with completely tearing them down and burning them down, uh, partially due to resentment, but also partially due because of uh, 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 their inability to. Um, to, to take them over and actually run them. They, 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 they don't have the tools or the means necessary to run our institutions. So it makes them feel intimidated. So they want to just uh, bring them and burn them down to the ground. So if you're a librarian and you're turning it into a dance hall, you're, you're, it's not a library anymore. Um, you're not a librarian. Yeah. You're destroying 
the institution of the library and you're doing the, you know, you're running out the back door and saying, well, libraries are racist anyway. This is what we just saw with the Washington Post thing with. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, thank you. Uh, she was like. Basically, she's on, the list. she's on this list. But oh, well, then then I'll let you get to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, no, I think it's 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 not only is it that, but it's also that a lot of the times they don't understand what the what the purpose of the institution was in, to begin with. Exactly. Not only can't they do it? They don't understand why do we have libraries? It's like it, it, it's like if you have. You know, it's just something beyond their beyond their ability to understand. And libraries are a really simple concept; we can all understand it. But it, it, it's like it's like like if you do, you know, when you learn when you learn integration in calculus, and you have to learn well if you do an indefinite integral, you have to put the plus c on the end. And some people learn it as a rote, and then other people understand why it's there. And some people, you know, but the people, but now we have a whole bunch of institutions being run by people who don't understand and they learned it by rote. And now they're just like, yeah, what the hell is this? And let's throw it away. Because and they don't even know that was valuable or why. Yeah. And you yeah. can transpose that right from the librarian right onto Felicia Sonmez, who is doesn't do journalism at all. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> well, I'll get to her. She's on the list. Let's okay. The okay. List. Let's get to her. Okay. So now we get the next one is differing beauty standards are white because simply because. All the all the different races have different beauty standards because they all have different attraction cues because we're all we were all reproductively isolated from each other. And then and here's a tweet that I have copied down is the king or sorry, um, not a tweet. This is a, a thing from the news report is the King County Department of Human Resources announced the remote workshop anti blackness and diet culture in an all staff email newsletter. It was part of the county's Balanced You program, which focuses on staff wellness. Tacoma-based Liberating Jasper, which, which conducted the workshop, claims dieting is harmful to Black people and that Western ideals of attractiveness and health are steeped in whiteness. It even implies that obesity can be healthy. Now, leaving off the obesity can be healthy part, yeah, Western ideals of attractiveness and health are steeped in whiteness. That's 100% correct. You know, you're not you're not pretending that it's not true. I mean, you know, there are things that are universal as far as attraction of what looks good in people. You know, but but yeah, Western ideals of beauty are are, are fit for Western people. See, these people are actually causing, uh, or or at least potentially causing, massive amounts of destruction and suffering, right? Because of course, yeah. a, a black person uh, suffering from obesity is going to have just as many, if not more. Uh, medical problems as a white person. So to try to turn this into something about race is totally ignoring the actual problem going on. And of course, totally ignoring the ability to to fix it, which is pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, that's, that's true. And that's sort of, but you know, I mean, I, I don't like to, I don't like to justify our thing with you know, I don't, you know, it's sort of like that's kind of a species of, you know, DR, you know, D triple R, right? Guns for the real racists. Like, I don't want to justify it because it's good. It's not good for the people that the progressives are putting these rules in for because it's not, none of these things are really good for the, for the progressive. Right. But I, I don't want to justify it on that basis because, you know, I care about, about what's good for my, my society, what's good for our people. Like, that's important to me. Like, I don't want to pretend to get in a race with you about who is, you know, like, like Trump 
where he pardoned X million, you know, like black felons on, on the way out, like, like, you know, and, and boasted about like the black unemployment rate being the lowest ever. And I understand, I, I mean, you can understand that from a cynical perspective of he has to do that because there are a lot of, there are a lot of his supporters have to believe that as part of their self-image of being good. But I think we should lose that as part of our self-image of being good. And, and it's not, it's, that's not what's important to us. What's important to us is we build our societies functionally because, because it's, it's good and it, it is good and glorious for us to, to have beautiful things and have a, 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 a good society. Yeah, but reducing black unemployment, maybe I'm slightly misunderstanding what you're saying. Reducing black unemployment does help everyone. Oh yeah, not just black people. Absolutely. Okay, it does. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but I'm saying that, like, sort of saying that, you know, Trump saying that that's the, you know, that, do, do you mean and, like as a metric for whether or not your political program is successful? Right. Right. Okay. Or, or, okay. or sort of like as 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 your justification for why it's good, because you know, and it's it's not his fault; it's his audience, and and his audience is steeped in this. Is you know, and this is this is the the classic mold bug. Thing where he put on, on on unqualified reservations is America is a communist country, but yeah. for the workers and peasants, read for blacks and Hispanics. And the idea is not that they rule the place. The idea is that everything has to be justified with how is this good for the people, you know, like the people that progressives say are most important. And, and it's just a losing thing to get into the argument of this is why our thing is better because we're better for their pets. It's just a losing right. thing to go into that right. frame. So that's all. So I'm saying is don't go into that frame. It, it, it happens to be that we're right about this stuff. And that, you know, like, like, as he said, as he also said on unqualified reservations there, if you go into any, any black ghetto in an American city, now there is a place where 50 years ago, there used to be a thriving black business district. And now there's a Martin Luther King Boulevard, Jr. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Did they really win? Is that really winning for them? Is that really improving their lot? But that's not. That's not our justification. That's not what we're saying, why we do what we do or why we believe what we believe, even though it happens to be true. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but uh, the-, the... Yeah, it's, it's, a it's a conversation. It has to flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. The, um... the next one is- Yeah, yeah, I'll boot. say my thought. I, I took a note here. Okay, all right, no, 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 say it. Say no, 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 okay, Max... well, we're going to talk right, about Moldbug later, so. Okay, I know it was a guest on your show at one point, too. Yeah. Exactly. So... Yeah, so we got uh, Max Boot. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. And I just have as the note after that, yes, that's correct. So we talked about that one earlier. Um, next one, Disney is grooming kids, and this is protected speech, sort of the David French thing. Did someone um, say that? Or, well, well, wait, there's okay. not, not explicitly. Okay. You know, but this is, they, they, the conservatives talked about how you can't retaliate against Disney for, for saying these things. They attacked DeSantis when he went after the uh, tax exemption for that, or the, the um, home rule exemption for the river for that one town in, that Disney World is. Oh, yeah. In oh, Florida. yeah. Yeah. So they said that it's protected speech. You can't go after them for speech. And then versus, no, they aren't they aren't grooming kids and then there's actually a literal video of someone on disney talking about how yeah absolutely we try to put in as much you know that woman who has x number of trans children you know trans children she claims and and then she pushes she pushes all this stuff into as many 
as many uh, children's pro uh, products as she can. So it's, you know, only the mainstream sort of denies this, but even this one is, the mainstream has fallen away because this has happened recently enough. And I think that we've gained enough sort of psychic headspace that no one really even bothers with the traditional conservative argument anymore. They're just purely on our side on this one. Man. Yeah, it does seem to have gone that way. I, this is why I can't really abide. I don't, your personal opinion's fine here, but I personally can't abide people to uh, denigrate like Rufo and DeSantis, because I think what what they're doing is important. And I, I think that the reason why the mainstream has gone around, turned around on this has a, lo a lot to do with both of them. So a lot to do with both of them. Right? Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, the is, well, that's, we'll, we'll save that for the NRX portion of the, uh, of the thing. Um, so, okay. Next one is World War II vets were the original Antifa. <laughs> now this one. Oh, yes. Forgot this about is that an one. Interesting one. Yeah, this is an interesting one because this is the uh, this is sort of the um, the way that I interpret this as being correct is they didn't want to and they didn't believe it, but they they did fight for communist domination of Eastern Europe. They fought for a, a bunch of American leaders that controlled the United States government that were ideological communists themselves. So even though you can say that, you know, you can dismiss that, oh, that's ridiculous. They had all these beliefs that they didn't do that. But really when they, you know, when it came time for them to form an army and, and, and to fight, they fought for communism. They were the original Antifa. They're a hundred percent correct. You know, and, and they don't blame them for it. They fought for their, they fought for their country, but really, you know, what happened is, you know, their country was captured and, 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 and uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Any more? Uh, oh, I got a lot more. I can right. go as long as you want to go on this. You yeah. Tell me. Well, let me uh, throw one in that I saw the other day. I want to ask you if sure. you think this fits in. Did you see that recent tweet that was making the rounds that said something to the effect of like, uh, what was it? You can have $2.50 gasoline or you can oh, have yeah. fascism. Do you remember how that? You're going to have democracy. What's more important to Republican voters? two fifty gasoline or democracy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's more important is is two fifty gas, but it even really should it should be like like thirty five cents a gallon, really. Yeah, I, I know. Had, yeah, but you know, yeah, it's yes, yes, we definitely pick because you know what you know what you know what two fifty a, ga a gallon gas is a metonym for. It's a metonym for. Do you want an orderly society without a massive parasitic class that does insane things? And because everyone inherently, like I said at the beginning, this is intuitive everyone wants that yes yeah well that's why they, that well that's that goes back to the, the max boot we need more content for democracy to survive we need more content moderation not less because you know everybody knows it and it's you know it's they went from well the fascists they made the trains run on time as yeah. a way to mock the fascists to the more the trains run on time the more fascist it is you know, to literally existing and having order, the idea of order has to be anathema to them because they know they can't provide it and they will increasingly have society go off the rails over time. And I'm not a fascist, but well, I mean, you know, I, you know, let me rephrase that. By their definition, I am. Yeah. Because by their definition, anything that opposes them ruling forever is fascism. So by that definition, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just tried to accuse me of like all all sorts of things. And I was like, look, look, I'm actually not 
a racist or a fascist. But if I tell you what I think needs to be done to fix society, at least half the country would 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 accuse me of both of those things. Right. None of my reforms are inherently racist, fascist, totalitarian, yeah. any of that. Well, but but then you get back to the woke or more correct than the mainstream, right? Exactly right. Here I found <laughs> yeah. this tweet. Um, now you know these podcasts are made for for uh, uh, in perpetuity. Um, and 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 to read a tweet, I sometimes worry. I don't do it often. No, no, it's okay. It's, if it's an example, and you're 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 doing it as 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 a thing that captures the mood of the yeah. moment, or the thing that people think, then it's but important. It's an archival. I, it's an archival. Thing. I also wanted to say too, though, that these things just keep coming. It's never going to stop. Like if I no. can read one now, in in two years, it's going to be buried underneath uh, many other examples of this. It's it, it's. Uh, these people just never stop. So serious question for Republicans and independents. What would you rather have? $250 gallon of gasoline or democracy? And uh, you you responded, you mean I can get rid of democracy and pr- cut the price of gas to a third of what it is now? It's like it's like they're like trying to hand us our, our ideals on a silver platter. Like, oh, is this really what you want? And you're like, yeah, no, you figured out exactly what we want. You understand our position perfectly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they, you know, I mean, again, because they have, because it, it goes back to, I think, part of, and this is, this is not 100% articulated, but it's, it's part of, part of their thinking and their worldview is that the word democracy isn't just a, a neutral description, the word democracy has a positive valence. And if you can't reject it because no, you know, because like like the classic philosophy, no man can know the good and reject it for you know knowingly knowingly do evil. But no man can knowingly reject democracy because democracy is good. And if it's something you were rejecting, then it means it's not good, which means it wasn't democracy. It was politics or something else. Yeah, or partisanship or ultra partisanship or something like that. Okay, so so next one, which is I, I think this is a good one that you'll like. This one is someone tweeted out, and this is this goes a little bit back to it's all like Gamergate and yeah it it, it kind of is all like Gamergate because what happened in with Gamergate was the extremely short version is that they showed the playbook that the press is will do and say anything no matter what the relationship to the truth is they will do and say anything because they 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 have a narrative and then they fill the narrative in with they have the narrative skeleton and then they they have, you know, you have your players who are good and your players who are bad. And you write the stories just to 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 puff up players that are good and to put down the players that are bad and the villains. And it doesn't matter whether it's related to the truth. And it was the first time a lot of people saw that it, that a lot of the things that the press could report are lies. It's like the, the Gelman amnesia phenomenon where you'll read a newspaper which was named by Michael Crichton even though it's named after Murray Gelman, is he'd say you'd read a newspaper and in the one area that you're an expert in, you would see a story and the story would be full of errors and problems. And then you would you would say, wow, they know anything about this. And then you would read the next story and you would just be totally credulous about the next story and without realizing, without putting it together that the next thing is is has the same effect. So sort of Gamergate was sort of the Gelman amnesia moment for a whole bunch of people in in just in a very simple thing where they they like to play video games. Yeah, you know, I've contemplated doing uh, an episode on Gamergate. I got to find like an expert on it. Were you around when that was all going down, like online? Not really. 
not really. I mean, I know it was coordinated on Twitter. It was coordinated. I was online, but you know, I followed it peripherally. I wasn't really involved in it. Because it, it's constantly being made reference to uh, by the the left and liberals, and I wonder, like, how much of it made its way to the mainstream media? Like when it was all going oh, wow. on, what's that? A lot. Because, Did because it? what happened was Did cause, it? okay. Because what happened is sort of like they they kind of you know they they. Re- the joke meme lately is people are started with the and it started with you know like sometimes matt iglesias will tweet something about crime statistics and the joke became it's yeah. like it's like commissioner gordon lighting up the bat signal to have steve saylor be yes. the first response on that <laughs> yes. and then somebody made a meme out of that with the with batman standing on like the edge of the building with the, with the bat signal except instead of the bat signal it's the steve saylor's avi is steve saylor's profile icon and now that's going around and they're making that for a lot of accounts that get called in on specific things, but sort of like the press did their version of that because it's like the games press had this problem and then they just broke up the big guns and they immediately escalated to like the real press to defend the good guys because the games press picked the good guys who are the good the people on team progressive members of the progressive agricore and they reported badly and then they got called out for reporting badly and then they raised the signal and the big press came and bailed them out so a lot of people in the big press sort of know about this because they were called in as backup on the on this on this earlier case yeah oh yeah yeah that's crazy because i i i was i only like barely knew that it was going on but it was of course um you, you just i'm kind of reiterating what you said though you just uh you change the game but you put the same players on the same side the good guys are always the poc lgbtq women and the bad guys are always you know white I, men I, dis- and- I disagree i disagree with that a little teeny do you and, all right let me hear let yeah. me hear okay so it's it's not because because you can notice that they, because to me, I think they're 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 very strong about identifying friend or foe, and it's not yeah. necessarily on LGBTQI plus or POCs or BIPOCs as they call them or women, because anyone who does that and disagrees with them is immediately cast out, and they have no hesitation whatsoever. Like Republicans nominating, um, who they, they nominated uh, a, like a a they nominated a guy. And he's actually a very smart guy. I read a lot of his stuff, and it was it was it was, it was interesting stuff against to run against Barack Obama oh. uh, for the Senate for the Senate oh, in no. Illinois. When when uh, when uh, when Ryan, the guy who's do you know do you know this this whole wild history? You know Jerry Ryan on Star Trek on uh, on Star Trek Voyage, the hot blonde woman on that show. She I don't know married. the story. Let's hear this. Oh, this is this is wild. Let's tell you the story. This is this is interesting. So Jerry Ryan is married to I think he's either the governor or he's like a high-ranking GOP politician, and they're getting a divorce, and it comes out in a scandal that like he wants to be like a swinger and take her to like sex clubs and like, wait, you know, this is her. all true. Yeah, this, this is real. Oh my god! Yeah, okay, go on. This is, go this on. Is I'm like, wait, so, are you describing the show, or is this a real life story? No, no, no this is real life. This okay, real okay. Life. This is so, so, so. Her husband was was running against Barack Obama, and they were in the middle of the divorce. And the the either leaks or the judge releases it, or, or decides that it's allowed to be released, and he drops out of the race. And the Republicans nominate a a like you know a black conservative who actually has like a lot of interesting stuff to say he actually has and i forgot the guy's name but it's it's it's, you know i I don't have my memory is shot now that i have i rely on my computer for all my memory for to remember everything but he says a lot of interesting things and he has like some good speeches but not the point you know he didn't win and the democrats weren't fooled 
And the left isn't fooled that like they didn't vote for him because he's black. They didn't take away Obama's votes because you know, you know the Republicans nominated a blacker guy. That doesn't that, that just doesn't work. They know friend or foe, and they will not hesitate to side with a straight white man who is chastising a black woman for going off the you know for going off and and disagreeing with the progressive agricultural. They pretend that it's done in the name of the POCs or the BIPOCs or the LGBTQI+, whatever. They pretend that it's being done in that name, but they know, and they, they have very strong friend or foe identification for each other. Yeah, this, this, brings, up, this brings up a topic that I, this is going to go pretty far, farther than I want to go on this show usually. But uh, th- this, this candidate, right, he had darker skin tone than Obama? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, this up, is... look, up, look him up. Look up. Look up the Obama Senate race if, if, if you if you have a second. Well, I will, but I just want to point something out that I'm sure you're well aware of. Uh, but back back in the back in the day, say back then, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, where where the radical left still didn't have control. They didn't really have a voice in the mainstream media yet. Uh, they didn't have total domination and control of the narrative. Um, some of the things you would hear talked about by like like the black radicals. Alan Keyes, Alan Keyes was the guy. Just Alan, oh yeah, I know that name. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that scandal's crazy. I didn't know any of that stuff. But they yeah. used to talk about how like uh, the the whiter the skin tone of the of the African American. Oh, I just want to pause. Want, sorry, I just want yeah, to yeah, yeah, one yeah. second to point this out. Okay, so Alan Keyes, he had he has a, a doctorate from Harvard, which you know, I mean, whatever. They, that doesn't say anything about about his intelligence level because you know Harvard won't give out PhDs to black people for no reason. But <laughs> he began his diplomatic career in the U.S. Foreign Service in 1979. And that actually says that he's definitely a bright guy because the U.S. Foreign Service has, and I think they still do, they actually have competitive entrance exams for to become a foreign service officer. So it's actually a G-screened thing. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. So that's that's it. So that was that was it. it was Alan Keats was the guy. No, yeah, he, he sounds like he's got more credentials anyway. But the, the yeah, the radical, I don't know if you're familiar with this, the uh, the, the radical black narrative in the past that like the lighter the skin tone, the more uh, white people accept the person. Yeah. And, and now I hear that narrative on the right, like about, because like they dislike Kamala Harris, for example, uh, they dislike uh, Barack Obama. And now I hear people on the right saying that like uh, they always use, you know, the lighter skin tone black person to be their puppet, which is exactly what the, the, the radical left used to say, because they were saying that the right is racist. But now what we're saying is that the people on the right oftentimes uh, appreciate, if not fully accept, but they, they seem to appreciate black nationalism. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong yeah. in saying this, but I've seen a lot of appreciation on the right for black nationalism. And the mainstream know uh, that that these people like don't don't fall for the, the bullshit and they don't go for the pandering. So it's almost like now a right wing position to say that like darker skin tone, black, black nationalists are being, uh, are being like totally ostracized by the mainstream. Whereas that used to be a left wing talking point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's very, it's very, I mean, you know, look, you can use a different word for it, but that's basically sort of segregation in a way and segregation is is you know this is this is going back to you know like an old point is the the difference between segregation and and what we have now is it had an entirely parallel structure where you had 
a black elite that was involved in black society, as opposed to now where you don't. And well, now where it's it's the minute you you reach the elite, you're completely removed from it. And so it's 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 obviously their societies are going to be a lot more dysfunctional than they have to be. You know, it's worse than it has it's worse than it has to be in America. And I know people always talk about like like this is a case where I think the <laughs> this is the reverse. I think this is the the slightly out of the mainstream or more correct or or less correct than the mainstream in this example where they talk about how you know like cities. And the, the mainstream rights as it's democratic governance, and then the more the slightly further right say no, it's because this you know like cities like Detroit or Camden are black, and then I say that no, it's actually it's actually that the mainstream conservatives are right, and it is democratic rule because look at Seattle, look at Portland, look at San Francisco, like they will run any city into the ground because the problem is their their ideas of government. So yeah, well, I, guess, I you go ahead. I was going to say you anticipated what I was going to say pretty well with with that, because the way I see this is that uh, and, and, you know, I don't I don't know for sure that this comes down to skin tone, but I I do know that the radical left, as well as the black nationalists, as well as the right wingers that I'm talking about who appreciate black nationalism, uh, they make it about skin tone. And I, I think here's the problem. The reality of wokeness is not about, it's not really about like honoring yourself. And it's not really about like the inherent value of uh, these individuals or these classes of people or these races of people or these identities of people. What it's about is, you know, virtue signaling. I'm not, yes. I'm not breaking any ground by saying that, but here's where the conflict no, but comes that's in. Powerful. That's a powerful statement because it's really true because it's distilled, wokeness is distilled um, the ability to get a bunch of people to shout a slogan that everybody thinks is right and shout down, shout somebody down. And, and, but what is the slogan? And that's, that's true. But the slogan, you're virtue signaling to globalization. They're virtue signaling to uh, the global homo identity, which is this mm -hmm. weird, murky, gray, intersex uh, uh, amalgamation of like, uh, uh, of like every little disparate piece of the, of the empire kind of into this blob into this into this uh, yeah. formless blob whereas uh, so, a, a black nationalist is going to say no I don't want to do that I don't want to erase my identity so that I can identify with this like mainstream wokeness um, yeah. I, I want to retain the blackness and uh, you know people on the right appreciate that and it, the other problem with that is well, you know like, like a, that's like a Steve it's like a Steve Saylor thing is is they talk about you know, one of the excuses for the for the IQ gap is, oh, it's they have black people lower self-esteem, which is the most ridiculous thing. In the world. <laughs> I've never even heard they're that. The highest, they're the highest self-esteem people on the planet, you know, like stereotype threat. They don't believe in themselves. Like, you know, <laughs> there's a Chris Rock joke about it. The only people who are confident in the world, the only people who are happy with that they look like are fat black women. And that's what I mean. That's back from the days where yeah. where the left talking points had not been appropriated yet by by the yeah. mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And he's kind of a pariah now, too. I mean, he just got smacked well, in the face, right? No, no, no. That was that was uh, downstate Chappelle. No, no, no. Oh, uh, Chris, oh, Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by Will Smith. Yeah. No, I thought you were talking about. Well, OK, but that was that was more of a personal thing. No, right? no, of course. Of course. Chappelle, but... got, att Chappelle got attacked in like a political attack. Yeah. Did you, hear, did you hear? You know about that, right? Everybody knows about that. Right, right, right. But the thing is, is like, um, I, I, sometimes I'm like, I'm not totally in lockstep with with 
the, the positions of our friends because the thing Dave Chappelle says that is true, and I think this is what you're talking about, is he he made an argument one time that the LGBTQ thing like jumped right over black people who are like still standing there like, hey, we still want like our identity oh, yeah, no, to be recognized. I'm not, I'm not a huge, I mean, look, I'm not a huge Chappelle fan. Like, like just, you know, like Chappelle is, Chappelle definitely has a, you know, like a, a, a ethno-narcissist a- aspect of, of, you know, you have to acknowledge black people as the most important people in the world, you know, whatever. And that's, his, he's entitled to have that that view but you know like and a lot of people do this as like the mainstream conservatives want an avatar want a black avatar that you can't criticize to stand behind so you know but whatever i mean you know so i don't have to like well when you when you talked about his him coming under attack i assumed you meant for the trans stuff no i mean he literally got physically attacked the guy rushed the stage with a knife when was this uh a few months ago in the spring in, in okay, and what, what, what was, no, see, I thought you meant the political attack of... No, 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 I meant the literal physical attack. No, I did not <laughs> know about he, that. Yeah, no, no, he, he yeah, he, he got a, he got physically attacked, and then, and then I think, and then, and then they took him backstage and they beat the ever-living hell out of the guy. Well, what was the reason the guy attacked the him, though? Um, the guy was, I believe the guy identified as non-binary and was upset exactly. with Chappelle's, yeah. Okay, so it is still on the same the same thing I'm talking about though about how he he says you know black identity is more important than trans yeah. identity. Okay, right. So it's still in the same tradition, oh, yeah. and he's yeah. actually a perfect example I was talking about about how they uh, it, it was a talking point on the left back in the day, um, but that talking point has to be completely buried now, and and he's actually like an oddball. He's an odd man out for continuing to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it's because it's because they, they want to be very flexible and never have they never want to put they're allergic they're allergic in all contexts to writing out the rules and being clear about the rules because they always want flexibility to hashtag manipulate procedural outcomes right. they always want to be able to manipulate procedural outcomes so they yeah. never want to be able to say no black more important than trans trans more important than black they never want to be able to say that because it's always friend more important than foe. Whatever it takes to attack foe, we will we will use. So if if for this second we have to believe one is above the other, we'll believe it, and then the next See, second we have to believe the reverse, we believe the reverse. That's exactly correct, and that's exactly why guys like Dave Chappelle are like getting obstinate and angry about this kind of thing because they don't like they you know yeah. they don't shift with the tides like that. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, absolutely correct. Um, I remember what I was going to say before, though. Can you do you mind if we backtrack? I hope the listeners don't mind this. Can you read the uh, Max Boot quote again? Oh, yeah. OK, uh, Max Boot. Uh, For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Yeah. Yes. What I wanted to say was uh, in response to that comment, because one of the things that frustrates me on the right is when they keep talking about, and this is like a little bit more mainstream, right? We'll say this. I don't know if our guys say it that much, but uh, uh, they say they want to, they want to move the goalpost or they want to force the Overton window. Um, I, I see why people say that. And I sort of agree with it. It's a thing and it, and it happens. And the Overton window has certainly been shifting over the years. Oh, yeah. But um, my point is more to, what Max Boot is saying, like that's what they want to do. They're they're not really trying to shift the Overton window at all. All they're really trying to do is completely shut down 
any discussion to shut down any uh, rhetoric or any any debate or any counter signaling or any counter ideas. So it it looks like they're shifting the Overton window because we've gone from like, uh, you know, gay people just want to get married to uh, men just want to dress in women's lingerie in front of your children and have your children cheer them on. In fact, they want to dress your children up in women's lingerie and have them. Um, so, of course, that's a shifting of the Overton window. But uh, the the real goal is, I think, just total scorched earth, earth of the institutions for the interest of shutting down debate so that they can uh, have their way. And, you know, sure, there are people who want to and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, because um, this this next insight kind of gets lost. And I've even had people disagree with me on this. So I'd like to see where you stand. Certainly, there are people who are trying to do these things so that, uh, you know, uh, Felicia Sanmez can get a promotion or find a new job when she gets fired from the Washington Post or they want to do this because, as Orrin McIntyre always likes to remind us, they want to diddle kids. But there's also something else going on. And uh, I'm going to use a word here that's that's going to set off alarms for everyone, hopefully not for you. Uh, a form of class warfare, because uh, ultimately what I see this doing is is uh, disenfranchising, ostracizing and impoverishing uh, the middle class, which is a strong voting block. It's getting less and less strong over the decades, though, who oppose all of this bullshit. So if they're not uh, disenfranchised, if they're not uh, impoverished, if they're not hooked on opioids, if they're not totally shut out of the discourse, uh, their ideas are going to find a foothold and and be the bulwark against all this radicalism that they once were. Um, so I think at the end of the day, while some people on the left are fighting over the scraps of, uh, you know, turning your children trans or, like I said, with Felicia Sondmas, I think at the end of the day, the regime wants this to happen and is allowing this all to go on so that they can continue to pilfer uh, American American wealth until there's nothing left for them to to pick off the carcass. See, okay, now I, I would disagree with this a little teeny bit. Not not in the way that it works, because the way that it works, it works as you described. Okay. But I would disagree with it a little teeny bit in that. Okay. Okay, so I, I, I would start with a different premise. The premise to me is that they, they always have the idea of the classic example, and, and, and this is this is a a uh, a mold bugism is kick the dog until it bites and then shoot it right and they have a religious fanatic hatred for the americaners you know for the middle class americans for the, yes. for the normal people who, who and 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 that religious feeling is their coordination point and this gets into my theory where i i actually do disagree with the orphan a little bit um and i think that the important actor in all of this is is not is not class or anything like that it's it's the progressive agricore the progressive agricore has tendrils in corporations it has tendrils in the government it has tendrils in academia it has tendrils in the press and they recognize each other felicia sanmez is recognized as a friend to the progressive agricore uh taylor lorenz is recognized as a friend to the progressive agricore so whenever they get into a dispute immediately people know to side with those people and if they fail in a job and they blow up the washington post then they have another job waiting for them somewhere else or if they destroy disney 
with with their with their woke signaling and killing the brand with with children with you know the idea that parents don't trust their children to watch Disney stuff anymore, which is a catastrophe for a <laughs> children's entertainment uh, business. Then it doesn't matter because all those people got personal woke credit for doing the work of kicking the kulaks and kicking the Americaners until they bite and then shooting them is what is what they naturally do because they're motivated in a lot a lot by hatred and spite and yes there are people that pick the carcass clean at every step of the way but more broadly i don't think they worry about that specifically because they control the money printer anyway because if you want a billion dollars for your organization to organize protests and community activism across the country then someone at the State Department will hand a bucket of cash to someone who will hand a bucket of cash to someone who will hand a bucket of cash to someone who will eventually show up at a protest with a U-Haul and, and put out their, you know, take and haul out their allegedly handmade signs, you know, that they that they have at every protest for the anarchy symbol or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever things they want to do. So, so the money is not a concern to most of them getting the agricor to push in your direction and see you as pushing is important to them because the agricor controls enough of the flows of jobs and money that they don't have to worry about actually getting the jobs and money and the way they signal to each other holiness is by hating the middle class as 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 hard as you can and putting the middle class through things that they shouldn't put up with because once they because if they ever strike back and if they ever do something about somebody in particular who did that to their kids then you get to be a martyr if you live through it and you get to be a giant progressive hero and, and everything you ever wanted in life is handed to you on a silver platter i mean look at what a career anita sarkeesian got out of making a death threats to herself and this is going back to uh the gamergate gamergate yeah because it showed it showed the playbook right you know the idea is you know, was anybody really giving her was anybody really sending these threatening things so who knows you never know but the thing is you can see that it's very valuable for them to get outside hatred because showing out getting outside hatred means you're doing the work it means you get status within the group and the group has the ability to rain down all sorts of wealth and largesse on, on people well that that was phenomenally well said and uh I, th I think that's a good segue into a discussion on NRX. So I want to take oh, a wait, break. I want to give you I want to give you two more. I oh, you two certainly. More quick certainly. One is one is a really quick one is uh, somebody there was a scientist recently who got fired on a, uh, on a Me Too thing, which is even more ridiculous than most of them. And, the, and somebody said there's no such thing as an irreplaceable genius. And it turns out this guy's actually an irreplaceable genius. It I remember this cancer. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. If you want to cure cancer. <laughs> then he's an irreplaceable genius. But if you want to just have a bunch of scientists who do a bunch of things and fill out reports and make papers, then yeah, he's not an irreplaceable genius because it doesn't matter whether the stuff in the papers is true, <laughs> right? Um, and wait, I had one more that I really liked. Uh, okay, uh, all right, well then here's the last one is the, the sort of the broad version of it is. Here's a tweet that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna copy and Okay, so here's a there's a tweet that I want to read. It was by Faustina, Faustina Blavita one. So there's a high likelihood the quote AI racist problem unquote has some of its origins in using anti-racist material as a data set. 
Read neutrally slash decontextualized, these sources cite far more negative sentiments than positive sentiments about the races they're depicting. So that's it. That's my last work more correct than the mainstream is the the um the woke training materials always contain the <laughs> the 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 this is a stereotype or this is whiteness, you know, and then lists a trait that differs between races. So that's that was my last one. Yeah, yeah. Dems are the real oh, races. Oh, oh no, wait, wait, wait. I lied. I lied. Because we, we brought her up and I had one more and I just spotted it. Oh good, yeah. I'm glad because I forgot to yes. close this on this one. Let's Alicia do that. Sanmez, I cannot work in an environment where it's this hostile to me. In other words, she just went out and said women cannot work in an environment where their delicate sensibilities are not catered to. Yes, you're hundred percent correct. We agree completely on that. We agree completely on that, Alicia. <laughs> well, apparently she uh I, I made a post about how uh you know Vietnam veterans have actual post-traumatic stress disorder that they need to like yeah. work out and how middle class white women basically appropriated that uh -huh. you know symptom or that uh, symptomology and and applied it to their normal lives and my replies to that tweet just got flooded with people bringing her up <laughs> like everyone was was pointing out that that's exactly what she did because she characterized her experience of working at the most left paper definitely in america and maybe in the world as uh being traumatic to her as a woman because it was not sufficiently woke enough and this is what i mean about uh yeah. they don't want there to be an overton window they're not shifting any goalposts they're trying to Utterly engaging in well, they're engaging in warfare at all times, mimetic warfare. Yeah, scorched earth warfare. Yeah. Um, yeah so listen, you're but what you just said though about uh, the egregore uh, was a pretty good. I don't know if you're doing this on purpose. It was a pretty good uh, characterization of what the cathedral is, or at least how the cathedral operates. Now, um, so let's yeah. let's uh, cut part one off here, and we'll come back for part mm -hmm. two, and we're going to discuss um, NRX and Moldbug. And I also want to kind of end the show on a friendly debate on whether or not we are in an oligarchy, because, oh, sure. uh, yeah. yeah, that's something Moldbug talks about a lot. And yeah. I have a much more nuanced understanding of what an oligarchy is after reading him. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I'm going to take a quick break here. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Kofefi Anon, uh, Twitter poster extraordinaire. And uh, your bio, like I said, says that you tweet from an NRX perspective. And I remember wondering exactly what you mean by that. Um, so I'm, I've been actually doing like a pretty big project here. Obviously, I had Yarvin on, which was gracious of him 
to boost my humble little blog here and i've been doing some writing on it and i have some some interviews where we're trying to like explain to people what nrx is but also sort of um discuss where we're at as individuals who sort of uh have taken up Moldbug's accounting of our current political state and how it might uh morph over time right because i i tried to characterize it as like it's not a political agenda it's more like an yeah. observation of yeah, yeah. so um it's it's an interesting thing is and, and i sort of had this this realization that in a lot of ways what it is is a critique of the mainstream right because okay okay the mainstream right had no and and this is i'm going totally off my notes here but you you prompted you prompted me to you gave me this prompt and then something that's been kicking around my head it's a critique of the mainstream right in the sense that stop doing things that can't win because you can't like you can't win by doing x y and z that you think is your goal because winning entire winning entails and winning entails taking power and you're not aiming at taking power so so continue your introduction to that's, no that's actually that's back to one of my points just right about uh why your uh description in the previous segment about the egregore why it was so good why it was so good because what what i was saying and what you were saying is like it's not about democracy it's not about discourse it's not about the goalpost or the overton window whatsoever it's purely about power and people are starting to recognize that right now mm -hmm. but the mainstream that you're uh deriding with your the woke is more correct than the mainstream they still haven't woken up they still haven't come around to it yet um they're starting to in a, little, in a lot of ways which is which is interesting because it's like you see the you know, we we're just talking about like you know um charlie kirk who, who is sort of famous for for getting uh, getting mugged by uh, by Nick Fuentes and you know used to be like a like a very you know like squishy conservative right. kind of guy like he actually had a tweet the other day where he used the phrase it's not it's not what is it oh god what's the phrase hold on it's not because it's a it's a quote from Oren McIntyre let me let me see let me pull it up uh, he says oh it's not hypocrisy it's hierarchy. And Orrin McIntyre made a video about that, with that exact about that exact thing about saying nice. stop saying the left are hypocrites, and and Charlie Kirk actually came out and said that, which nice. indicates that you know since if he follows the donors, which indicates that we're sort of winning mind share of the people who are are donating and looking at the problems. So so yeah. Oh good. Well, I mean, yeah, you you pretty much answered my my question was like what what is the NRX perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a critique of the right. And I, like I say in the essay that I was referring to that I wrote about it, um, Land and Moldbug repeatedly characterize um, the right, like mainstream conservatives as losers and clowns. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so, so when did you first start reading Moldbug? Literally, literally before he had a blog. Like How was, did you... Well, he was, he came from the comment section on a, on a, on a great blog that was sort of like an eclectic blog uh, called Two Blowhards, where, uh, where, where it's still, you know, the, one of the, one of the person, one of the people on there is still on Twitter to this day. I don't know if he wants to, I don't know if he wants that to be known or not, but uh, he's still out there. And um, Moldbug was in the comment section. On wow. That. Yeah. I'm shaking and, my head for the listener. You can see me. I'm shaking my head because I'm just like, this is like too good to be true i didn't even know that about you when i asked you on to talk about nrx um i'm i'm very new to it um and my even my explication of it that i that i tried to uh 
you know, put in my writing is for people like me who have maybe heard about it, you know, for a long time, or maybe like dip their toe in, but don't really know what it's about. And, and, and their perspective on it might be shaped more about what people say about it than from actually like reading about it. Right. And part of the reason I think that this is a, a worthy thing for me to do with the show is because the Vanity Fair piece came out and I just saw, yes. I just saw like a probably at least 75 year old woman uh, at the country club we go to reading Vanity Fair, the, the Vanity Fair ep- issue oh, with nice. the new right article in it. And I just remember like, what does she think about that article? Like what could possibly be going through an aging boomer retiree's head reading that new, new right article? Like, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, it's interesting, right? Isn't it? Because it's, it's unbelievable it's, that this is this is happening. I mean, if you want, if you want, to, if you want to do a takeaway, if you want to do a takeaway from, <laughs> if you want to do a takeaway from a lot of the early uh, unqualified reservations, the interesting part that a thing you could say is the John Birchers were right more often when than than when they weren't. You know, like for for something you could say to to a seventy year old woman, you'd be like, huh. You know, yeah. and, and history has proven them out, you know, because they were like ostracized and, you know, they, they had the, the view that like there were communists everywhere in the American government. Yeah, there were communists everywhere yeah. in the American government. Yeah. I mean, you know, FDR massively, expand, it's interesting, right? Historically, this is just a side note, but FDR massively expands the federal bureaucracy and there's no security clearance for who's a communist and, and, and he hires all these people who were just ideological communists and, and they're instructed at the time by the Soviet Union. But it, this misses the point. And this is one of the interesting things Moldbug talked about is, is and again, I try to separate Moldbug from Yarvin, but one of the interesting things Moldbug talked about was that the thing that McCarthy and the early Americans got wrong wasn't that there were communists everywhere. It's that the communists were foreign agents. They're not, yeah. they weren't. Yeah. They're Americans. They're, right. they're, they're American society, American American elite culture is is communist and has been communist for a long time. I have a, I have a, a bookmarks folder saved on my on my computer where because I don't trust search engines anymore. So where their search engines seem to not work nearly as well anymore of called how old the communist rot is in America. Wow. And yeah, and, and I have I have a my, my favorite entry on it is a tweet thread by Rob Henderson. Um, where he talks about he talks about there's writing of that that when Teddy Roosevelt was around there was already a a a, a sort of like Marxist viewpoint was the predominant viewpoint among the American elites and that was in the turn of the century that was before the Soviet you know before the before the before the October Revolution now or the was Bolshevik it revolution in the Soviet Union explicitly marxist or implicitly there marxist? was there was there was it was impl- it was it was there was a woman there was one woman who was very let's see he was uh here i'll read your word the tweet women from rich wasp families were taught at colleges that they had undeserved privilege and felt a desperate wish to atone and do violence to themselves to repent they aimed to blend christianity with socialism and delighted in the vast russian exper- experiment in communism and then there was like a woman who tried to uh who, who you know made it a thing to merge the great teacher Karl Marx and Christianity, like like in the, in the late nineteenth century, in, in the late nineteenth, or sorry, in the late yeah, the late nineteenth and early twentieth centuries. 
That's crazy. You know, one of the uh, major, I wanted to like enunciate some of the positions and what NRX is and then oh, get sure. to yeah, this. I but have, no, I let's. Have, I have notes on that. Yeah. Uh, look, good. Okay. So we'll go back. Yeah. We'll go back because yeah. I wanted to talk about this later, but you just brought up like the most perfect the most perfect thing to refute the people who attack on the right, who attack NRX. I, before I really knew, like had a deep understanding of as deep, as deep as I have. I mean, before I had, I had done a comprehensive read of unqualified reservations. I actually accepted these critiques of NRX uh, without, without understanding how flawed I think they are. The critique is that, uh, you know, mold bug, discounts how how central of a role in 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 turning america left uh communism com communist ideas and communist ideas from russia was and that he puts all the blame on protestants because he said and you know protestant christian americans because he says it's like uh the woke act like a religion right and and it's kind of like the evolution he kind of says it's like the evolution of christianity into a secular religion and it's like the direct inheritance what we have now wokeness is the direct inheritance mm -hmm. of american protestantism now if you go read him you see that he doesn't really separate the two he right am i did i characterize the criticism correctly you think well, it's, I think because I hear that criticism all the time. The criticism a lot is, you know, it's it's you know they call him Moldberg, and then they exactly, say and then they say he's trying to get the, basically they're trying to say he's trying to get the Jews off the hook, and and and, and I'm not there's an el, there's an element of there that's that's true in that the sense that the older establishment in America before they lost to the '68ers was further to the right than the post '68 than the post '68. Uh, establishment, but that establishment was built to lose to the 68ers. You know, it, it, it's even if they were further right, they weren't far enough right to actually beat the left. They didn't believe in their own righteousness. They didn't believe they believed that the left was right, mostly for the most part, even if they themselves didn't. Um, let's say, let's say they didn't take it to the logical extremes. They didn't, they didn't, they, they, they let themselves have unprincipled exceptions, which did you ever hear this phrase unprincipled exception? Yeah, but you know, ex this is, a little okay. Bit. So, okay, so this is actually, as far as I know, is um, coined, for, as far as here, I originally learned it was coined by a, by a, a right-wing blogger called Larry Oster. Who was a you know had a great blog and Moldbug actually had a lot of back and forths with him. You know, he died uh, maybe ten years ago, I want to say. Um, and the idea was that you'll have some rule, and the rule will be the rule will require an absurd thing, but no one is saying you should do the absurd thing. It's sort of the, the law of merited impossibility. No one is saying the absurd thing should be done now. Everyone is just saying that this is the principle. I said, yeah, okay, but what is going to stop us from doing the absurd thing in the future? And the answer is nothing. And eventually you'll have people who don't get the joke and those people will extend the principle and then the, the impossible thing will happen, right? You've seen this a million times and I don't think anybody mentions it anymore because it's so obvious now, but it actually goes back historically. I was reading Malcolm Muggeridge, who, who at one point, um, he, Curtis Yarvin recommended as a as a reading in a book review to Scott Alexander, Malcolm Muggeridge, who is um who 
reported from the Soviet Union, who reported from the early Soviet Union, who talked about the famine, and he would write these dispatches about how horrible things there were, and they got buried by his paper, The Guardian, and he eventually became like a staunch anti-communist, came from an upper-class English family that was, of course, socialist. And they had experiments with socialism, and they and and of course they discovered all these things didn't work about not having property, but they discovered a an, an unprincipled exception is they discover they discovered it. in the turn of the century they realized that we have to we have to do this thing even though it doesn't accord with socialist principles because it because it, it has to be required for us to function, and you know the idea is the next generation doesn't get the joke and the next generation then just has things that don't function. <laughs> you know, so whatever. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to self shill, but this is this is how I characterized uh, the neo reaction in in my essay. So it makes me feel better. Like I I I get it. Um, but what I was saying though about like going back a century is that like all the things that they're doing now were happening back then, right? Mm -hmm. So like moldbug knows what he's talking about like moldbug was onto something and the the resentment yeah. and like the self the self uh uh what's the word like uh you put you put the uh the 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 hair shirt on or you whip yourself with nettles uh the self-flagellation yeah, uh, thank you that's the word i was looking for the self-flagellation of the left uh for the the crimes and the guilt and the sin of being middle class or being white uh was a feature Back then, apparently, I didn't I didn't even know that until you read that quote. Uh, yeah. So so it's certainly and, you know, I recently I mean, re if you want to talk about that quote and, and I have to give credit, if, if you're going to say if you're going to say Nick Land and you're going to say and you're going to say Moldbug, the other the other big voice in, in reaction is is Jim of, of Jim's blog. OK, um, um, but, it, you know, he talks about he described the holiness spiral and he, and he says the earliest example of the holiness spiral is the seven kill steel. Which I don't know if you heard of the seven kill steel. That I have not. This up. Okay, so it's it's a um, you know, let me give me one second and I'll I'll read you the thing. It's it's it, I think I can do it from memory by now. Actually, it's man has heaven brings forth innumerable things to enrich man. Man has nothing good with which to recompense heaven. Kill, 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 kill. Right. So it's the seven kill steel. And the idea is that no one is holy enough. No one is good enough. And eventually what happens. Oh, and by the way, the guy who, who had that, that steel inscribed um, led a peasant rebellion that was so bad and, and led to so much killing afterwards that uh, the entire province was depopulated. Was in, this in, in Russia? China. In oh, China. 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 OK. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, he, led a, he led a peasant rebellion in China, and um, I think it was the 16th century. So, it's, so the idea is that the left, the left has, uh, uh, you know, you can claim holiness, and all right. So this will, this will, this will get into a thing. You can claim holiness in a state religion, and a state religion enables you to coordinate and to have. If you have a shared sense of what I wrote down. If you have a shared sense of right and wrong and conduct, you have the ability to coordinate without necessarily speaking to each other. So I know that you're going to do X. You know that I'm going to do X because we both agree what the right thing to do is. This is powerful. This enables us to win conflicts because conflicts are won by teams. And there's a lot of weaknesses that are built into our structure that can get exploited by teams that don't have to coordinate consciously. 
um, our structure has a lot of enlightenment ideas in it, and, and, and our political structure, as well as even, even our epistemological structure of what we believe is true and what we can, what qualifies as standards of evidence, has a lot of enlightenment ideas. The idea of a marketplace of ideas. Everyone's heard of this idea. But a marketplace of ideas only functions under the assumptions of the enlightenment, which is everyone sees the truth, will agree that it's true. But if you, if you simply persist in agreeing that a false thing is true, you can hack the, you can hack the marketplace of ideas, totally. And, and they've done it in science. They, they form groups, they form blocks, they exclude people. I mean, you know, you see this in climate science, but uh, you know, how about in, how about in virology, in, in gain of function research in virology, how about doing things, doing crazy things like that, or publishing a letter in nature saying, oh no, it's impossible that it's a lab leak even though the people who published the letter were the ones who would most likely be, a lot of the people who published it were, were most likely the people responsible for the lab leak, if, if it was a lab leak. You know, I don't know what you have to say on your thing, not to get demonetized. No, it's um, fine. I, I'm just, I choose to keep some on Substack and some go out to the wider public. This will be a Substack only post. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I try not to say anything too uh, too illegal. No, but this is this is an example of the woke being more correct in the mainstream. Uh, although in this case, maybe it's the NRX is more correct in the mainstream or something. Because the thing about that Nature paper you're talking about is that uh, there are two people who worked in a lab in Wuhan who mm -hmm. supposedly weren't there like right around the time of this uh, outbreak. And they looked at the evidence, they looked at the, the, the genetics of the, of the COVID-19, and they were like, huh, this definitely looks like it was lab manipulated. This definitely looks like uh, this was- A certain cleavage site, yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. So you, you read the same thing. And then yeah. um, this, this, this uh, thing in this, this story in nature comes out, and here's, here's the interesting thing. The two guys, one of them was Chinese, and one of them was an American. The American guy said, you know, I was wrong about that. I read this nature article and it convinced me that this was not lab manipulated, but the Chinese guy disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's just gone. So it's like the, I read about this in the New York times, you know? So if, if, if like Moldbug had put this on his blog, everyone in the world would be denouncing him as a conspiracy theorist, right? Because he's right wing. But since it was in the New York Times, they're all going to go, "Oh yeah, see, well, no, it's it's uh, it's true, it's we real." Are you allowed to believe? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they do this all the time. They do this mm -hmm. all the time. So, um, yeah. but let's get back to NRX because uh, I appreciate. Yeah, no, no, appreciate but that, that is. But, okay, but that's that's sort of that's sort of all of that falls under the umbrella of you need a state religion and you need a healthy state religion. And, the, and, and have, sorry. Yeah. You can. All I was gonna say is, you can. When you have that, a healthy state religion, you can say anything you want, no matter how absurd it is, and people will just go along with it and, and capitulate immediately. Well, I'm sorry. I, I tend to think that only a healthy, a healthy state religion will not say things that are false. Like we have an unhealthy state religion. We have a very strong but unhealthy for society state religion that well, yeah. holds many things that are true about the real world as false. Like right, right, it, right. it has many beliefs that 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 you're required to believe to be a, a person in good standing in the religion that are false and and that that hijacks and it is very very destructive for society because it takes pro-social impulses and it turns into anti-social anti-social things and the contradictions in those lead eventually to some insane things 
you know, when, when, when things don't work out the way that Marxist theory predicts, um, it must be the wreckers. And there's no punishment that's too harsh for the wreckers not, for the wreckers preventing the glorious fruits of the revolution from coming true. Yeah, well, they say Very bloodthirsty. many absurd things, one of them, which is that real communism has never been tried. The reason, oh, yeah, <laughs> the reason why communism has been an utter disaster uh, isn't communism's fault. It's, uh, it's the fact that they weren't communist enough. You just have yeah. to communist harder. Well, progressives say the same thing. I mean, that's, you know, progressives say the same thing. And the idea is that there's, there's uh, you know, <laughs> there's a quote from Hitler about Marxism, where he talks about how Marxism is just a way of getting power. It's 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 if you file the numbers off, and, and it was it was remarkable because I have this insight and then I read about it and someone puts a Hitler quote where Hitler says the same thing, where he's like, we are the better Marxists than the Marxists because we basically distilled their formula down and we figured out how to implement it. And the idea is the progressives were also Marxists in the sense that you know you form a you have an enemy group and you have a friend group, and the friend group never is allowed to be named. And the friend group is the progressive back before. And everything is about friend enemy distinction. And your group is holy because it represents these other groups. And for progressives, the groups are, you know, the BIPOCs and the LGBTQI plus and, you know, whatever, and women, if, if, if it's appropriate at the time for them to claim to be, you know, speaking in the name of women and, and all these other groups. And, and, and that's why they're holy. And that's why they should win all their conflicts. And, and, that's very powerful if everyone shares the same moral framework. Um, and if even the people who oppose them share the moral framework, then the people who oppose them will eventually lose the, the way the, the way the, the way the, uh, the way the Bolsheviks didn't actually win the revolution, but they, they beat off the, they beat the center parties afterwards in the, in the aftermath. So well, the, yeah, that's the, yeah. This kind of goes back to what I was saying, though, about uh, in, in part one, though, about like how the middle class is being fleeced and disenfranchised mm -hmm. as like a voting block. Um, and you pay for it, right? Yeah. But and and you kind of um, described uh, you were calling it the egregore, but it sounded like you were talking about the cathedral, which like we don't really have to get into what no, that is. No, you see, the cathedral, the cathedral is is OK. So the, the difference to me between the okay. cathedral and the egregore is this and and this is this is this is really esoteric you know this is this is for the nrx people in the audience not for the not for the introductory people but the cathedral is as as molbo as molbo described it is the thought making apparatus of the state right so it's academia the press uh, you know, anything that is official, official that this is what you should believe and what you're allowed to believe and what good people believe. Those institutions make up the cathedral. The New York Times is part of the cathedral, right? Now, me saying the progressive egregore is something slightly different. The people that run the New York Times are part of the progressive egregore. But if the if the Soulsburgers decided to kick out every woke person in the New York Times and give the New York Times, is, you know, make 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 Yarvin, Curtis Yarvin the editor in chief of the New York Times and employ all frogs to write all the all the stories in it, the progressive egregore would reject the New York Times, and they have no problem rejecting things that they. I'll give you an example. They have no problem rejecting things that they see as an authority because the authority is the institutions to them. 
And here, I'll give you a perfect example that I saved. If give me one second. So, CDs is a New York Times story, and this is September of a tweet about it on September 24th, 2021, um, where CDC chief overrules agency panel and recommends Pfizer BioNTech boosters for workers at risk. In a highly unusual decision, CDC director Rochelle Walensky released, reversed a move by agency advisors and endorsed, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now, the idea is that they all knew what the good thing was. The good thing was the booster. And even though the CDC panel ruled against it, the CDC panel is part of the cathedral. But the egregore knew differently, and they over and they overrode it, and nobody had any objection to it whatsoever because the the quote unquote right thing to do was what was what was being done, because what the the egregore wanted and what the egregore believed was, should be done was being done. So that's my that's the that's my extremely esoteric disagreement with Moldbug's formulation of the cathedral as being in charge versus the egregore being in charge. Because you can't take over the formal institutions of the cathedral. And, and it's not like Garvin says that this is possible. You can't take over the formal institutions of the cathedral and make them work against the and make them work against the Ecuador. They would just be ejected from the thought making process. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the main disagreements I hear on the right about NRX is, is exactly this. So so you don't think um, uh, Moldbug's uh, formula. Or, or scenario that he lays out uh, accounts for the progressive egregore? Well, I think that, no, I, no, because I, I don't, I mean, I think he's, I think he's catching up. I think he's caught on recently because I've heard him use the, I've heard, I've heard him on podcasts. I haven't listened to all of his podcasts, but I've heard him on a podcast talking about the egregore. Okay. And yeah, but, but I think that, I think that the difference, the difference is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a slight difference and, and it's, 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 they will turn on an institution even no matter how trusted the institution is, because they all because the the hive mind is more important. And it's 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 I think that this was a question, and I think that this question has been settled. The question was, do we have a press run state, which which you know he talked about on his on his Substack. Um, and no, we don't have a press run state. We have we have uh, an aggregate run state, and the press does coordination. But it has to still has to kind of persuade the egregore that this is the right thing. And if the egregore gets a crazy idea in its head, there's nothing that can get that idea out of the egregore's head. They well, this is good because the ameliorated the popular impression of the cathedral is that it like spontaneously moves around and it spontaneously like drags the empire left. Um, and it does. this, but this this gives a good uh, it's a good addition to the concept because it yeah. kind of shows that someone is steering it. Um, no, I don't think someone's steering it. I think it's-, it's Well, the egregore is steering it. Well, yeah, but the egregore isn't a person. The egregore is just sort of, the way I think of an egregore is it's a solution to the, you know, the, the classic, I know that you know, but do you know that I know that you know? Do you know that I know that you know, you know et cetera. It, instead of going on an infinite regress, you just imagine a person that personifies all of these people that know these things. And then you think, what would that, what would my friend Steve, the egregore do? And, and <laughs> all these people have the same idea of Steve. And the idea of Steve is sort of, the idea of Steve and the reason why things change and the reason why the egregore has gone more insane recently is because the egregore has started to incorporate a lot more women in important positions. And the egregore, as they've done that, the egregore has gone 
in a much more feminine direction. And, and it has much more, it makes errors that are much more characteristic of, of feminine beliefs and feminine, you know, feminine intellectual weaknesses, inability to, 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 to you know, emotional reactions to, ever, to, to many things, excessively emotional reactions to things. And again, this is because this is the stereotype of women that the people in the egregore have. So when they model the other members of the egregore, they imagine a hysterical woman shrieking at them and that they would be the one cat, that, that the person trying to disagree with this would be the one cast out. If you say, no, boosters aren't necessary, then you have a, a, a woman wearing three masks shrieking at you that you're killing, you know, you're killing children or whatever. And the person imagines, hmm, the mob would side with her. And so that's the that's what the egregore really becomes. It becomes whatever whatever the thing in, in the head of, of the people who are, who are making this decision. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think that there's someone or something driving this with a goal in no. mind no. i see i disagree with that okay. i because... don't think so. i don't think because i think that it's it's because you can't because notice how look look you can get ejected from it like look look at look at elon musk is a great example right elon musk is now enemy number one of the yeah right? of course but but elon musk was the darling of it they loved him when he was making electric cars and he was like, you know, he was, I mean, he named him after Tesla, which was, which is like the most Reddit thing in the world, you know, like, because, because the Egregore has a, has a, has a soft spot in its heart for, it loves Tesla and it hates, and it hates Edison because, you know, it, it, it just, that's how it's friend, foe, you know, enemy and friend to enemy reaction went. So it has like, so he was like, like the darling of them. And now they completely turned on him and, and they turned on him even though he's he's using all the money yeah but why did they turn on him though think about that why did they turn on they turned on him because he tried to he tried to do like the hey maybe we should be a little more sane and they're like no no absolutely not (laughs) yeah but he he also is using his money to take away one of the strongest uh uh outlets that the the state media has for like propounding its its bullshit ideology it's he's taking twitter away from him but them. there's but there's two things to it is is he's only taking it away from them because they're using it to to push the most insane things in other words he tried he tried first to to have them say hey free speech is important right we should stick to this we should stick to this principle and they said no we reject that we reject right. that principle right and the idea is he couldn't push them at all and instead they instantly rejected them because they know they know the idea that that's on their side and they're, they, they are now opposed to free speech. Free speech is enemy, is an enemy coded thing. They hate it, no matter who it comes from. So if somebody goes and tries to push an idea on them, instead of pushing the idea and changing the idea from a friend idea, from a foe idea to a friend idea, they change the person speaking from a friend to a foe. But I, I see the woke as like useful idiots, though. The, the woke are the people who lap this crap up because they think that they're getting something out of it, whereas the oh, regime... Well, there's absolutely an element of useful idiocy. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. But the thing is, it, it's... <laughs> who's the useful idiot, right? You know, who... who it, you know, it's, it's all one team, and the team gets things. And yeah. who is a useful idiot only depends on what you think are the important things, right? In other words, is it important that you get money? Okay, maybe money is important to people. Having enough money to survive is important to people. Is it important that you get status? Yeah, that's a lot more important to people. In other words, would you rather be a New York Times reporter making one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, or a small town car dealer, or a, a a flyover state car dealership owner who makes half a million dollars a year? Which which one would you rather be? And 
which one would be, okay, now that's an interesting question. Which one would you rather be when you go to buy a boat? Fine, well, you'd obviously rather be the guy who, who has half a million dollars, who's you know, pulling out half a million dollars or, or more from his, his car dealership. But it, who would you rather be if you're trying to pick up a liberal girl in a, in a bar in, in Manhattan? Well, then you'd probably rather be the guy in the New York Times. You know, who would you rather be if you want to get respect at your alumni meeting? Who would you rather be if you know at your at your you know your your high school or college reunion? You know, who would you rather be in, in various circumstances? There's different status ladders. And who the useful idiots are depends upon what you think is is the thing that they're getting, because everybody in the agri-board is getting something out of it. You know, at the very least, you're getting the ability, somebody is getting, some woman is, some, some, some you know, like, like, like 50 year old woman who never had kids who, who has a resist hashtag in her Twitter bio and three blue waves after, after her, after her account name, she gets to feel like she's part of something. She gets to feel like she has a family, you know? So is she useful idiot? I mean, yeah, in a way, but at the same time, they're making, they're giving her something. Everybody gets something out of it. Of course, but at the same time, you have uh, the regime who, on both sides of the party, they have like money and yeah. uh, connections invested in things like globalization. Like globalization didn't just yeah. happen uh, because oh, of. All right, but that's that's that's. I think okay. So so somebody like Hillary Clinton, right? Hillary yes. Clinton is in and the Bidens is exactly. In She's in it for money. You know the Bidens in it for money. Got a ton of money out of it. You know, billions of dollars, billions of dollars to their personal accounts. Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. But at the same time, that's not the only thing in, in in life, and that's not the most important thing to a lot of people. It's the most important thing to her, <laughs> obviously. But uh, other things are important to other people. You know, like like you know, Fauci gets to feel like he's important because you know he goes before Congress and he has to deal with. You know, he gets to go before Congress and he gets to condescend to Congress because they're, they're the mere representatives of the plebs, you know? And then meanwhile, somebody in, somebody in the Senate gets to condescend to his staff. And then his staff gets to condescend to, to people who, yeah, well, I, I really make this thing, you know, this thing happen. The inside baseball that goes on in Washington, that's all me. You know, everybody gets something out of it. And, and who is a useful idiot just depends on what you think is important. And, and, and it's not, money isn't any more important. Money and stuff isn't any more important than status. You know, because that, because as long as we're all alive, right? You know, we 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 all have enough to eat. We we all have our material wants relatively taken care of. Well, look, I man, I this is the one place that I like sort of disagree. This is more, this is more of our oligarchy discussion than, than yeah. Than well, discussion. no, that and that's yeah. fine. But I just yeah. mean like I to I think that there is people with an agenda that has been. Mm -hmm playing they've been laying it out and playing it out and they've been implementing their plan uh over the at least the last 20 25 years um that that are that have a goal in mind and uh world events certain world events are part of their plan um and I trump wasn't trump wasn't on well, the on the no, <laughs> was it no, yeah was not. exactly no. that's but why trump they opposed him so is, much but the thing is it's it's but trump is also a psychic assault on them you know, because Trump is an assault. Trump is more than anything. The reason Trump got hatred is not because of what he said or because of what he what his policies were, but because he he made a joke of the claim that they're morally superior, and and he did it very effectively, right? Because you know the 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 
standard conservatives, the permitted controlled opposition was like, was always allowed to say, yeah, these people, well, the left, they're silly, they're the silly children. That's always the allowed thing. Because, you know, they'll, they'll take that. We're the adults in the room. We really, we really make things work. That's the allowed perspective. Trump is like, no, these people are clowns. The yeah. They're clowns. They believe yeah. ridiculous things. Yeah. They say stupid things all the time. They're not that bright. Like, like all these things hurt them badly because what they're getting out of it is is more status and psychological and, and spiritual benefits than than it is in material benefits and they, they get you know they certainly get their they certainly get a share of material benefits but you know <laughs> you can't rob the billionaires and and pay for your entire coalition because there just aren't that many of them and that's that's the intro left dispute if, you know the term neoliberal right you've heard this term right 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 Right. So neoliberal is sort of like, like my distillation of what the word neoliberal is, is it's a term for the extreme short term leftist who hates the fact that some leftists don't, don't want to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. You know, you can you can shear a sheep many times, but you can only skin them once. And these are the leftists that want to skin the sheep because they hate the sheep. And the sheep is 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 preventing the grass from growing to heaven or something ridiculous like that. You know, the capitalists are making the workers poor. The capitalists aren't making the workers poor. The capitalists are are building businesses that. Yeah. Words, if I told you, if I told you to turn a screw head a million times a day, and that you could get paid to do this because I figured out a way that it's valuable, that's a massively valuable thing I did for you. Yeah, but, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like you could turn screw heads in your apartment all day long. It doesn't do anything, right? But if I tell you a way to do it where it makes 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 you and me money, I did you a favor, right? But whatever. That's 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 neither here nor there. But the idea is that that some of them are so consumed with hatred for the sheep that they want to skin it just out of hate. And some of them are more rational and want the wool, right? And that's the divide of the left. Like, like, like that's that's the neoliberal what's called the bottom of the left you know they're they're, they're all wrong but whatever i mean <laughs> I agree they all with, want to do destructive things i agree with you but my my argument is that they they want to uh skin the sheep right now skin the sheep alive because uh it doesn't matter to them anymore if america lives or dies you know whereas well, yeah, but the, that's the, but that's foolish i mean that's foolish of them i mean you know it does matter Absolutely. Well, it matters. Yeah, it matters to your average woke person, but it doesn't matter to the international global elite. Oh, yes, it does. I think it does. I mean, because look, look, you know, I mean, it's a game of musical chairs, right? You know, if you're if you're Hillary Clinton, you're going to be fine no matter what. You know, she's got enough money. She's got enough money stocked away. She's she's going to be fine barring everything other than like, you know, some extreme revolution, you know, probably from the left that wants her, you know, wants her head for preventing true communism. Right. But. At the same time, there's just there's just not that many people at the very top who are insulated from everything. There's there's a lot more people who are, you know, doing okay, but not but aren't you know don't have generational wealth. Well, look, what, so they don't what, have generational wealth away to these people. But what do they need America for, right? America is really just like a a, a tax base and a consumer a, a big consumer pot that spends well, a lot of military. Yeah, which is it's itself its own like slush fund, but you know, no, but the they need they need the military because because you know all this all this stuff that they push on other countries is very unpopular. Yeah, but, know, but, like, but, like, like but 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 in a globalized world, though, Brett Stevens is quote about the pride parade down the streets of Tehran, right? That's why they need the military. 
Yeah, but in a globalized world, they can just they can just take all the people who are like uh, uh, fleeing their South American dictatorship and their South American favela, and they can just put them in the military and turn them into the soldiers. And as far as like the billionaires go and the bankers go and stuff like that, like they no longer make their money off the American consumer. These these people like make money by like speculating ag against like the food commodity prices in Africa to like to tank. And they make a bunch of money when like there's a, f a famine in some third world country. Well, yeah, but I mean, somebody's only on the side of that trade, right? You know, yeah, it can on only go side. on for so long. It can only no, go no, no, on no, for no. so I mean, long. I mean, literally, if you make money, if you make money in the futures market, somebody's losing money in the futures market. You know, I mean, if you're if you're shorting, if you're yeah, shorting, but they manipulate right, of course, but yeah, they but okay, manipulate but everything is, that's going on to make okay, it so but, that but they the end is, up they're guaranteed right, but, to make but, money. But all that all that means, but all that really means financially, right? Financially speaking, let's just say that let's say that you know somebody manipulated the wheat market, right? And yeah, and, and they know that they know the wheat prices are going to go up. And how do you make money on that? Well, you have somebody who sells you you sells you a futures contract that that where the price is too low and then you make money when the, when the contract goes, when it goes up so all you do is you bankrupt that guy so you take that guy's money so when there's no more suckers anymore and and you know the suckers run out of money pretty quick you're not making money financially off of anybody you can't manipulate the markets and make money financially you can only take wealth that exists right now they can they can skim as far as wealth goes. You destroy America. America is basically a, a big source of their wealth. Yeah, of course. In the sense that in the sense that the dollar is valuable because people want to buy things that do, the dollar can buy. Now, what can the dollar buy? The dollar can buy land in America. It can buy oil. It can buy things that Americans make. And Americans don't make a lot of things anymore, but they still make still make a, a good number of things. <clears throat> But more importantly, the American military kind of backs the dollar. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. You know, you know, uh, but but at the same time, you know, you can't just take if you could take a bunch of South American peasants and, and throw military equipment at them and, and turn them into a world conquering army, somebody would have done it by now. You know, yeah, you know, but you, the, I mean, the this, these kinds the of things are really good at fighting. But this is exactly what happened in the Roman and the Hellenistic empires. They they're by the by the time. The... Yeah, but, but who were the, who were the barbarians in the Roman Empire? And the barbarians in the Roman Empire that they were putting into the legions, like the Germanics, right? Yeah, right. I mean, of course. Were, I mean, there were people who were just as capable and just as capable and smart, and and actually, you know, yeah, but they weren't they weren't fighting based on their own Germanic training and barbarian training using no, barbarian no, 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 weapons. No, no. You they can were really put you, yeah, you can put it, you can put them and give them Roman weapons. But the thing is, you need courage, you need cohesion, you need the ability to trust each other, you need fighting spirit. You know these things are these things right, are but the not, thing is, is not equally distributed amongst the peoples of the earth. I agree with you, but Rome and the Hellenistic empires both collapsed when they yeah. when they outsourced their military. Well, I don't and know, I, the Hellenistic I, empires outsourced their militaries. Well, that, mean, okay, they, the well, they didn't outsource them, but they were they were they were uh, they were not the original Macedonians by the time Rome came along, and right. uh, they were populated by a different. Uh, group of people than the ones who did the conquering so well, that's well that's well that's that's well then that's a question of why weren't they reproducing and having sons well and we had so that's, that that's happening to us too though so yes, all these absolutely but, all that, the but the solution to that the solution to that is because you make it impossible for the higher the higher order people to reproduce successfully if you have female sexual liberation which is a, a tenet of which is a an absolute religious requirement of progressives 
Look, I, I think me and you agree yep. about the, the merits, and I think me and you both agree this yep. is imperial decline. But I wonder if maybe yep. the disagreement is between managed versus engineered collapse, Ma- managed decline versus engineered decline. Um, I, think it's, I tend to think that it's it's a lot of people who are very opportunistic because yeah. it's, it's you see what happens, you see what happens. You know, like, 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 look at the situation with COVID, right? Every bit of it was stupid and managed. You know, there was no reason to do gain of function research. They were doing gain of function research. There was no reason when it first happened, they should have immediately locked down Wuhan. They didn't lock down Wuhan. They let people travel to Europe from Wuhan. Like, they let people travel to New York from Wuhan. Once you started seeing community spread, it's out. There's nothing you can do about right, it. Right. Forget about it. Right. But but the thing is, at every step of the way, they did the opposite of what was rational because the opposite of what was rational gave them opportunities to 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 do things, to feel holiness, to make money, to to do all the things that they do. But I don't think it was planned in the sense that I don't think that somebody like nefariously rubbed his hands about like, let's let's drop right. this vial in the wet floor right. and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you know, but like, like I think it's, it's they're very opportunistic, and there's a lot of plans that they have, but they're not masterminds. They're not they're, they can't plan everything that happens. They're just but, in a position where they can. If I can the jump in here, then oh. do you, do you think that it's a a a accidental lab leak then? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> because if yeah. it was a planned intentional lab leak, then that was specifically. Specifically, yes, that's an accidental lab leak. Okay. Is the idea that if you have, you know, oh, the, by the way, the Pentagon yesterday, just today is today's June fifteenth, June fourteenth, the Pentagon just released a statement that they they're running uh, sixty four bio labs in Ukraine. They just yeah, they just agreed, they just officially agreed to that, so they officially admitted that. Right. Um, even though Victoria Newland admitted it months ago in in, in, a, in a congressional hearing. Yeah. But um. You know, so the, the idea is if you're operating 64 bio labs, what are the chances that there's going to be a leak? You know, if you would operate enough of them and you do enough stupid things, you know, the probability reaches a certainty that you're going to cause something. You know, so so is it accidental? Yeah, it's accidental, but at the same time, you're doing things that are that are baiting this accident. But there's just too many of these accidents piling up. Yeah, over but that's the decades. because you don't see you don't see the things you don't see the accidents that don't happen. You know, there's a million accidents that don't happen. It's just that they take advantage of every accident that happens. I don't know, man. Listen, I would love to have yeah. this debate, like a full episode dedicated to this, because this is like sure. one of my one of my main uh, proclivities here is to debate uh, conspiracy I mean, versus stupidity. I, I, and I, I think you're arguing there's a, for stupidity. Well, like they're stupid. I, no, no, it's not really either. It's it's they don't care. Right. Is one. Right. I agree with that. They're malicious is another. So 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 they they sort of they sort of have a, a, a double think in their head at the at the same time they believe they believe that this won't happen and when it does happen, oh boy, you people deserve it. You know, it's it's the same law of merited impossibility that they believe in for political things, they believe in that for everything. You know, it's like you know there's not going to be a lab leak and boy when there's a lab leak you deserve it because you didn't take pandemic planning seriously enough yeah because my life is pandemic planning you know even though your life of pandemic planning was just believing all kinds of incredibly stupid things that don't actually help but you still believe in your head because you're the most important person in the world because you're a narcissist you still believe that if everybody followed what you said that it would have solved the whole problem 
you know, no matter what the evidence shows. I mean, I'm, I'm finding myself agreeing with you point for point, but I, the big picture is something I'd like to suss out sometime, but we're running out of time and I want to get at okay. least one more, more point in. Um, but, okay. but okay. If... All right. so here's, here's my one more, here's my one more point. My one example, if we, 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 we kind of touched on the oligarchy thing, but like to oh, get yeah. back to NRX, I want to give the, well, right. Cause I wanted example. to ask you a question about that too. So yeah. you, but well, say your thing first it, and then I'll ask. Okay. You. Let me say my thing. Okay. So everybody remembers Ru Rudolph Giuliani, mayor of New York city, right? Comes into New York city as a Republican <clears throat> gets elected mayor. And the problem is, you know, it's crime out of control. There's, there's, as as a joke from from uh, Weekend Update, you know, because Norm Macdonald recently died, so I was watching some of his old stuff. He talks about how he won a landslide re-election. His opponent said she was hoping for better turnouts from aggressive panhandlers, muggers, and squeegee men. You know, so like he cleaned up the city and made the city an incredible place to live. And what was the benefit to him, to his party? Absolutely nothing. Did it become a Republican stronghold? Did he did he root out the bureaucracy and replace it with people who were loyal to him? Nope. So he he all he did was govern well, and governing well didn't even grant him power, and he lost. And then you know Bloomberg Bloomberg came along. Bloomberg was a good mayor for a long time, and then the progressives hated it so much that the city was well governed that they elected De Blasio, and 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 the city you know starting to fall apart again. Um, so the idea is don't do that. Don't don't go out of your way and expend power to provide good governance to liberals or to progressives who will then go and turn around and not be grateful and then reverse whatever you do. If you if you have a goal, the goal is to take power. And then once you have power, you can govern well because you want to govern well and the progressives govern very badly. But the important thing is is taking power. So that's it. There's, there's that is, the, that's my that's my uh, that's my thing about what the difference is between being conservative and being a reactionary. That's perfect. I I love that, and I'm totally on board with NRX. By the way, I wanted to really investigate Moldbug, and well, I wanted to investigate Moldbug, and that led me to land. Um, and by the time I was kind of done on my little project, I was like totally a true believer even though even though i yeah. will sit here and probably argue in favor of some conspiracy theories that maybe that could just be a holdover from from me being gen x and, and being in the 90s and like <laughs> listening to coast to coast and reading bill cooper and stuff like that but who knows oh, yeah. um but but despite the fact that i will sit here and argue that i i want to make it clear that i totally that, that my project of uh you know comprehensively going through his work and and his gray mirror blog which which by the way i want to say i don't think is uh any less uh, high quality than unqualified well, it's, reservations. It's pitched, it's pitched at a different audience. But a lot of but people say that it's like still, different and it's a downgrade in well, quality. It's it's, I, don't, I don't know about that. It, it's just, you know, there's things that, okay, so there's two things. One is he, he had a lot of original work on unqualified reservations and none of us were thought, you know, things that a lot of people hadn't thought about. Right. I don't want to say none of us had thought about it, but uh, things that a lot of people hadn't thought about. And he, he in, opened up an area and then he disappeared for a while and people were thinking and writing about the things that he had, the space that he had opened up and people had room to come up with ideas that were in line with what he said and extensions of what he said. And, and, and they developed a lot of the ideas and, and there's, there's many, many minds looking at it, right? So if, if he says things that we disagree with, that's fine. Says things that we disagree with. We can, yeah. we can disagree because 
we don't disagree on the frame. We don't disagree on the overall thing. But you know, if if he says something we disagree with, he's you know he's a man just like all of us. But but I think that the bigger thing that you see, and you, you see this if you're if you're a real Moldbug follower like I was, and I've read him in comment sections all over the internet. You know, he pitches things to his audience. He he, he doesn't tell you different things, but he knows he's got a he's got a tremendous gift of how to talk to progressives. And, and, and to get them to open their minds. So, you know, that's that seems to be what he's doing. That seems to be a little bit more of what his emphasis is. Doesn't mean he's saying different things. That's my favorite. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you my last question. We're going to end sure. on your answer. But before that, I just want to say that uh, this this has been extremely rich and invigorating conversation. And I think we could have gone on forever. I think yeah. I think I got to come back. Um, I got to have you Absolutely. back because there's just so much we didn't get to. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so yeah. look, let's just end on this last question here. And uh, and uh, the, the listeners can look forward to whenever me and you can uh, find the time again, we're going to sit down. I think we should just jump right back into all this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. The statement or the belief or the declaration that NRX is dead, um, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think it can die because I don't think it's like a movement. Like, I don't think it's like a political party. I think it's an, an observation and an insight and a way of viewing the world. It's like a tool that you use to like understand the world, but it's also a tool that like a, like a periscope that you can use to kind of look uh, up above everything that's going on and into the future to see maybe where all this is bringing us. Um, but a lot of people like to argue, I think some people who are even like under the umbrella of NRX, they're like in the condition that NRX uh, explains uh, or enunciates, um, like to, to argue against it without even realizing like how much they fall into like what it is that Mulbug observed, you know? So if you disagree with that, refute me. But if, if you don't, um, the, the simple question is, um, is NRX dead and is it even possible for NRX to die? And I don't think I don't think it's I know I don't want to know I don't think it's dead too I, I don't think it's possible for it to die because it's it's more it's it's NRX is two NRX is at heart two different things it's it's one is a critique of the opposition that can't succeed you know the the opposition that can't succeed and, and it will always be relevant to warn people away from that is one and two is it's a critique of why you should care about good governance and why the current system we have does not produce good governance. So how can that be dead? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. How, how can that be dead? <laughs> well, I think people try to say that it's dead because uh, a, because people have like uh, moved on. Like it's not, it's not like a movement anymore of like a big strong contingent of people who are, who are uh, a showing show a force online together making arguments, but I also think people say, and I totally disagree with this, uh, that Mulbuck has been proven wrong. Um, I, I don't see how, about what? I mean, I agree with you, but it seems yeah. to be what people try to say about him. No, I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate at all. In fact, I think that, I think that the, the reason there's a Vanity Fair piece and the reason why there's, there's, you know, the reason why the intellectual climate looks the way it does now is because He's been vindicated on so many different uh, things. I, I totally and, agree, and, and man. In the direction that things have went, I, I mean, I think it's it's I think it's tremendously obvious. Yeah, that's why. Part of the reason I'm even bothering taking this perspective is because it is obvious, and people still push back against it. Okay, this is the real last question. Uh, the yeah. C the CEO monarch um, is this is this a reality? 
and I'm actually going to dedicate a future okay. episode now, now to this. this is something. This is something I des- I have a I have a slight disagreement. Oh, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Well, I mean, it's not it's not major. I mean, the idea of a CEO monarch is is great, except for the fact that why should you care about money or why should you care about money? You know, like the idea is why should why should the king care about money? Why why shouldn't the king care about having a beautiful realm? And the CEO monarch doesn't capture that. The 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 warrior aristocracy monarch captures that because that's personal greatness. You know, that's more, that's more. The, he wants the realm to be great because the realm being great is an extension of him being great and him being a great leader. So that's much more um, in the Bathist view than, than in the than in the Yarvin than in the Moldbug view. I think it's a little bloodless to look at it as a as a uh, as a monarch CEO. But but as far as the structure goes, having having a board, having a board of the royal family or having a board of the stakeholders, yeah, I think that's I think all of that is positive stuff to think about because you still need to you still need to worry about government structure and what, what how your government structure is set up to produce good governance. All right. Well, as much as it goes against my instincts, because I, I want to keep going, we, we're going to have to end it here. So this will be the Astro okay. Flight Podcast signing off. And uh, Kofefe Anand, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.